Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker, featuring Bernie in the background. Uh, he might bark or scratch, so if we hear a little pup, that's Bernie. Uh, but the real guest of honor is Aaron. Aaron, welcome back to the show. You are the second only ever boomerang guest that we have had on Uncorked. I did not know that, and I feel so privileged. Thank you for having me back. Well, the only other person we have had as a boomerang was Trav McKenzie, who was a very early first guest. And then he did an incredible feat in July and he ran the number of miles as per the calendar. And that was a lot of miles in the month of July. So it felt worthy of a boomerang. And this boomerang is really special to me because six months ago, literally to the day that we are speaking, we are recording this, you made a very bold declaration in the midst of COVID that studios would close. And here in Vancouver, in the Lower Mainland, when we got notice from Dr. Bonnie Henry last Saturday and studios were going to be impacted by the shutdown, it felt so and only appropriate that we brought you back on to riff on what the last six months have entailed. I mean, yeah, I'm excited in a weird way to talk about the whole journey up from from then till now. So you said something that I thought was super powerful, which was seven days prior to lockdown, you gave in your studio keys. And so tell me about the journey from six months ago on the podcast, declaring that studios would be shutting to handing over your keys. Yeah. So Movement 108, the studio I'd been running for six years at the time. When we spoke last May, I had been mauling over the idea of, okay, our lease is ending. What does the next few months look like before I give my notice? And I had to give a three-month period of time before I could just walk away or renegotiate a new lease. And as we you know, stumbled into a reopening in June and got through one month, I had a week away at my cabin just off Vancouver Island. And during that week, I was I had a really low down time. And I realized that I was starting to make the decision that the studio wasn't going to continue on, that I wasn't going to offer to renew the lease based on a number of factors. And then we made the announcement super early that we would be you know, going through the summer with outdoor classes and that we'd be wrapping up personal training and those classes in October. And then October 31 handed the keys over to the space, which was just a total trip emptying that space out. And then seven days later, you know, our gal Bonnie doing what she thinks is the best call and and making sure that people are safe and that it totally impacts studios where lots of people are congregating to move their bodies and sweat and potentially be spreading COVID. Mm -hmm. Now in May, when we recorded the podcast, what was the impetus or what, you know, you so, I said this, you so confidently declared that you thought studios, you know, would be shutting. And what was the impetus behind that for you? I think at the time I was thinking really emotionally and it wasn't based on a numbers game. It wasn't based on you know, my predictions of whether or not my financials were going to work with the studio space or not. It really was. And in, in listening back to your and I's conversation was, did, you know, you and I were talking about it. We're like, 
do we want to be in a physical space around others that we don't know sweating really hard right now? And you and I, who are familiar and like avid studio goers at the time, were like, no, we don't. And as those conversations got more and more prevalent, that like in my life, I just, you know, made this bold assumption that we aren't, we weren't anywhere near people wanting to go into physical spaces that were, you know, no barriers, no control of physical spacing. And then here we are, I think the bottom line for studio owners in, in Vancouver and beyond has been really hit hard. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that goes into, you know, you, you did the transition, you tried to lead summer classes, outdoor classes, obviously the summer was a little bit easier in that outdoor and keeping space made it better than being inside spaces. And that happened now to the fact of closing a studio and acknowledging that there is mourning. It was, a, it was a child. It was a dream. It was a goal. And as quickly as we are to say that you were so confident in being able to make the decision, it doesn't mean that it was easy. And I'm just wondering, wow. and, and I know I'm, I'm part of having this conversation, Erin, is because I know that you speak for both yourself and our friends that are running and shutting down studios. And I want to hear about the dark side. Tell me about the, the, the closure. Yeah, I'll try and sort of encapsulate my experience, but then also of the trainers and then our community. And I think abruptly in March, the community just was, you know, taken away from everybody. And that was, that was a hard pill to swallow over a few months time. And then in the reopening efforts, we saw a fraction of our community come back and with no like I wasn't trying to convince anyone. It was like, hey, if you want to come, we're going to do some outdoor stuff. We're not even going to try indoors and just see if that's something that people are interested in. And I think things just changed, you know, and people were adapting their lifestyles. And I think that initial period was really hard on the community that was used to coming into our space. We were averaging over 2,000 visits a month of people in the doors, right? And then in July for myself, the decision to not renew the lease was really, really challenging. I think it took away, I'd, I'd been thinking about it for about three months, but it really did take away this fixed thing in my life that I was so dependent on, that I was so used to over the last years to, to uh, connect with people, but also earn an income and work with great people. And then I think this fall in the last two months, it's a double-edged sword because I've been really sad in the winding up of the space. There's been so many memories I've had. It's been very nostalgic and nostalgia to me is, you know, very sad that it's over, but happy it happened, mm. you know, and that's been a daily ups and downs experience to the point now where I handed the keys over. And for some people, it was seven months ago that Movement 108 closed. Mm. And then for some people, it was July when we announced. And for some, it was September when outdoor classes ended. And then for myself and, and a few others that ended just two weeks ago. So it's been this long drawn out process and I've been, you know, excited about the future and largely uncomfortable that entire time. Right. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, there's been so much, you know, in that experience and anybody who's in a physical space and has a business that they're operating they're you know, you're optically trying to be safe. You're, yeah. you're following like the law, you know, and you're making sure right. that you're abiding by what, what the health authorities are suggesting. And then you also want to have a great customer experience. Yeah. And those things are really hard and time consuming and challenging to do. And you're trying to like not go broke. 
Yeah, not go bankrupt. <laughs> it's totally. hard. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. A conversation I'm really interested in right now and feels relevant is that around resiliency and how do we become more resilient during this time. And yet also I care so deeply that we don't confuse resiliency for a lack of empathy of the truth. And, you know, one thing I feel very aware of is that quitting is hard. And we think that quitting is easy. You know, it's like, oh, it got hard when I was running my 10K. So I just quit at 8K. And it's like, you know what? When you cross the threshold of quitting being easy, quitting becomes really hard. And I'm curious your thoughts around resiliency right now for yourself. And if you have considered where else in your life quitting has been this hard. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to a choice to walk away from something, I think making a fully informed choice is something that allows for space into something new. So it's like, I think that's where you start talking to people about whether that's resiliency or just somebody saying, you know, I'm fully aware of how challenging the situation is and I'm going to walk away from X so I can go into Y. I think that's that's a great example of resiliency. I think what's hard is when oftentimes when you're in a rut or you're stuck in the mud, it's really hard to imagine what's next when you're just trying to hang on for dear life. And that feeling of, oh, I'm going to quit is, is so real, you know? And I think it's like when you're in a fight with someone or, or you're angry with your partner or something, you're like, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to not be upset with you, you know? But then a day goes by and like, Hey, so sorry about that. Um, now I'm ready to actually talk. You know, I don't know exactly how to answer that question, except that I feel clear about the future and, it, but it doesn't make what's happened in the past any easier. Yes. Well said. You know? And yeah. I think that's a beautiful distinction that it doesn't make, it doesn't make any of it easy. And yet you're clearly pulled to a future that's really beautiful mm -hmm. And you are pulled to, or it sounds like from our conversations, Aaron, that you're really unattached to the future now. And so you're not bound to a physical space anymore. And with not being bound to a physical space, yes, you, you do have an online presence. And I want to know what you're doing from the online space to help us stay engaged with that sweet community and also moving, part mm -hmm. one. And then part two is, tell us about the future that you are interested in creating. Yeah, I think first and foremost, Movement 108 didn't officially close. Our space did. We, I spent the summer engaging with a number of contractors and a web developer and a videographer, and we just, we just shifted. We fully owned the fact that we are going to this on-demand service. And at first, I was like, oh my gosh, we could be the biggest thing in the entire world. And then I quickly realized that the space that we wanted to take up in the world was this big demographic of people who would come through the doors historically at Movement 108, I just wanted to make sure that they could still access the classes that they had come to know and love and with the instructors that they know. So now we have about 100 people who continue to use our on-demand service. We've shifted the website, so it's completely catered to Movement 108 classes. They're 45 minutes long. We offer three to four strength and movement sessions, body weight or kettlebell a week, and then one mobility session. And really just saying, this is what you would have gotten at the studio. You can still have access to this. The growth has totally declined. It's like we are, you know, flatlining to the point of a couple additions to a couple of subtractions every month. And I think it's because that studio space of online traffic is completely saturated. Yeah. Everyone has 
gone online or hybrid style in some ways. And I think there's a lot of noise out there now. And so really we're just targeting the community that knew us well. So that's, that's movement 108 and I'm having fun with it. It's really low touch and we're making sure that movement is met and I, and there's still a struggle and a need for people to feel community and connection. And we're not fulfilling that the same way we used to when we had the in-person studio. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what's going on in the movement 108 space. And then I, you know, I've touched on it in the past, but Mover, the, this app that I've been obsessed with for the last five years has continued to grow throughout this year. If, if somebody listening has never heard about it, it's an exercise prescription app. When you come into it, you do 10 assessments. Out of the assessments, we take all the information that your body is, or you're inputting about your body, and we prescribe movements that are made to improve performance. And we prescribe exercises and workouts that you can functionally perform successfully. So you're never getting something that isn't good for your body. And we've had a number of cool things happen this summer. We were like validated in a study that UBC did over the last year. We became official partners with Sun Life, which has 5 million members across Canada, which are now getting access to Mover. We're doing a pilot right now with a school district of 4,000 employees in the States you know, there's just these massive growth opportunities. We're in the middle of a fundraising and Lululemon's coming back on to lead that round. So there's things happening that are very exciting because this digital space of personalized movement is, is not going anywhere. It's only expanding and exploding. And I think we now have super high standards of what we engage in. And I'm super excited and passionate about personalizing your exercise and your movement experience. Wow. File under things that you didn't know that a studio owner could say even five years ago, you know, you're like, I've partnered with this organization with millions of humans and I'm partnering with, you know, this global yoga apparel company for another round of fundraising. And your wife is going to have a baby and (laughs) you have a puppy and all of these things, you know, we're riffing with each other from a cabin to a cabin. I have two questions left for you. And the first one is, you know what the last one will be, but the Mm. second to last question is if you had one wish for the world right now, as we roll into 2021, what would that be? Oh, Steph, I like, you know, we talk a lot about, we're talking about studio specific right now. I think this has been the craziest, wildest year in imagination you know there's like acts of god happening there's social and racial inequality that is being put in front of everybody's faces as it should be there's elections <laughs> there's covid there's finances changing i think the reality for most people is that the only thing we can depend on is the next year being very full of uncertainty you know and that that being a continuation from 2020 But the cool thing is now that I'm experiencing, and I think other people who I'm chatting with are, is that we're starting to be able to make some predictions based on how the last few months have gone. People are adapting to this work from home life. People are adapting to different work environments, to new jobs, or the the need to search for new jobs. Um, We're adapting to learning and taking in new information so we can change the way we think and the way we approach other people. I think... I think going into 2021, like we are reliant. We need to be reliant on working together and and, and connecting with one another. Mm. And that's just the way I, I feel. I think when I get in my own lane and put my blinders up, I feel 
anxious, lonely, uncertain of what to do next. And when I start communicating and chatting and touching base with people like yourself or, mm. you know, the people who I've, I've come to know and trust in my life, there's a shared camaraderie of like, we don't know what to do, but at least we can do this together and yeah. something good will come out of it, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that, I mean, that's the direction. And, mm-hmm. you know, you touched on it. Shani, my wife is about to give birth in three weeks and oh my gosh. and there's so much uncertainty with that and what's so beautiful is that people who we never would have imagined showing up in our lives have come out in full force and like here's what you need to know here's what's going on for us here's what worked for us here are things we have we have all the baby gear we could ever imagine and we spent like a hundred bucks yeah so people are just like we, you need this we don't need this anymore take this take this and so you know really when we lean on each other good things can happen Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so true. You know, I was in touch with someone else who I thought was in New York earlier this week. And when we connected, she was like, I fell in love with a professional soccer player and I'm in Brazil. 2020 is amazing. And I was like, you know what? We do just need to be together. And in whatever form. And if that's on Zoom, it's on Zoom. And if it's in Brazil with your professional football lover, then it's in Brazil with a professional football lover. And (laughs) you know, shut the studio so that we can come together online. Just don't forget that we need to come together online. And we joked before we hit record that, you know, Aaron and I used to share an office. We used to rent from Aaron's office space. And I was like, you know, if I went to the office, I wouldn't see you anyway. And so at least on Zoom, we get to see each other. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, it feels redundant, but we end every podcast and we must end this one with our favorite question. And that is what is currently making your heart beat faster? My heart is beating faster with this exciting, you know, baby coming. And then the other, like on one hand, I'm like, okay, there's a baby coming. And then on the other, um, this sort of round of fundraising and growth that Mover is going through right now. So that these, these two personal and then professional opportunities to really lean into things that I love uh, yeah. is always terrifying and exciting at the same time. So those two things definitely filling my cup. That is so rad because you are getting promoted to dad and promoted (laughs) right after dad, which I'm not sure there's any higher promotion to receive in this lifetime is something really special, which is called raising capital to do good in the world. And if you can put dollars to having healthier humans, then really, is there anything better? And you're creating a future for that next little sweet nugget that you've made. So congrats on being promoted in a year that not many people can say so. You know? And I think the just before we end stuff, I just have one last thought towards all the. Stu- if there's any studio owners that are listening or or you know are following up, I don't know if they're interested in the six months later. We touched on it right before the calls that I think anybody who sticks through and and perseveres and and has that ability to make things work in what is going to be an unpredictable time, I think they're going to come out flourishing when COVID restrictions evolve out whatever that looks like in the coming months or or years so i i hope and i support all those that are still in spaces that are are figuring it out and that's not easy but obviously i think both you and i can uh, agree that we're behind them and support them absolutely it's you're here to survive and then you will thrive and if you don't want to survive then just change the course because you can always turn left right totally i love it here's to turning left I love you, man. I'm so grateful for your time. And this feels like a really relevant podcast. I can't believe six months later, you were right. So I 
in a weird way, I wish I wasn't, but thank you so much for having me back. And I won't see you in six months on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. And that's a wrap. Yeah.